Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. So it's great to be here. The Tikvot is one of uh, what I consider my home away from home congregations. And it's really good to be together, especially at this special moment. Uh, today is the 20th of Elul the uh, final months leading up to the, the days of all the high holy days and you saw all the announcements um, it's a week and a half away but this is the time to prepare uh, to renew our spiritual focus so it's a special time it's also a special time uh, more broadly because we're glimpsing at least or at least able to hope for the return of uh, normal or whatever's normal in the 21st century. At least we're, we're able to you know, look for the, uh, the end of the COVID crisis and uh, returning to a little freer life. It's also a special day, and this is the closest to home because tomorrow is the ordination ceremony and uh, enactment where we'll witness and celebrate the ordination of David Wine, soon to be Rabbi David Wine. And this, this last special moment is um, not just an accomplishment of David and uh, not even just an accomplishment for David and Sonia, who's really been a key factor in, in his uh, achieving this, but it's really an accomplishment uh, of all of you as a congregation. You all have had part in it and you're all supporting and uh, going to benefit and uh, advance this new phase. So it's not a new phase just of David's life or David and Sonia's life, but it's a new phase in the life of Tikvot. And uh, it's fitting to return to our parashah for the week because it opens with a uh, Israel about to enter a new phase in our story as a people. In fact, the first words of the uh, pater, or the title of the parashah, they're actually the, what, second and third words, are ki tavo, when you come in, or you could even translate it, when you enter. And so there are lessons for us as we're about to enter something new, as we're about to reboot this, uh, this parashah and the ritual of this parashah is filled with lessons as we enter a new phase in communal life. So uh, Israel is in transition from being uh, a bunch of nomadic bands recently released from slavery, uh, wandering through the wilderness, to becoming uh, an organized nation about to move forward strategically to take possession of the land that is promised. Israel's in transition, about to accomplish the goal uh, that the whole past story has been moving toward. 
But Moses says, before you uh, enter in, I want to give you, uh, describe a ritual for you, give you some instructions that you're going to fulfill when you do finally enter the land. You're to take some of the first fruits of your harvest from this new land, put it in a basket, and bring it to the place that the Lord Adonai Hashem, your God, will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you'll present it to the priest who is there, and you'll de declare that you have come into the land that the Lord swore to your fathers. And the priest will present this basket before the Lord. So this basket is, is an icon. It's a symbol of the entire story of redemption. We were slaves in Egypt. We possessed nothing. Uh, we toiled for the benefit of Pharaoh. But now we've been redeemed, we've been rescued, we've come into the land of promise, and here's the fruit, the first fruit of our redemption. We, we grew with our own hands, and we present it to the Lord. It, it's an icon, it's kind of like uh, some of us watch some of the Olympics on TV, right? And the, uh, the big goal is a gold medal. So the gold medal is like evidence symbol of the accomplishment of, of the athlete and it has some value in itself but more than that it bears the story of the struggle the dedication um, in some cases some of the athletes had the wisdom to uh, let the, the gold medal point to the one who created them and gifted them and gave credit to God and so the basket has that same kind of uh, balance as an icon, a symbol, evidence of this whole story. And then Moses says, when you present the basket, I want you to tell the story, to retell the story. So let's see that. I'm going to ask you to, uh, to read that together. The story begins, Arami Oved Avi, a wandering Aramean was my father. Let's read together. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there. I don't hear you. Few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and Hashem heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And Hashem brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first fruit of the ground which you, Hashem, have given me. So telling the story is essential Telling the story is essential to kitavo, when you go in, when you enter. And it's essential for this moment of renewal for you as a congregation, which is what the, the drashito touched upon. The, the shared story makes us a community. The story that we share brings us together, unifies us, as a living community. When I, uh, I flew here yesterday and uh, had to change planes in, in Dallas, 
at DFW. Anybody fly through DFW? That's a big airport, y'all. It's huge. And you know, there's like six terminals and you have to take a train from terminal to terminal and there's thousands of people rushing to get to their gate. And uh, there's no unifying story. There's, there's thousands of people, but there's no community. And it struck me that DFW is kind of a picture of life in the 21st century. You know, there's lots of people, lots of activity, lots of technology, but each person is seeking his or her own destination, his or her own goal. There's not community there. And then I, I got on my plane after going to the wrong gate once or twice and uh, arrived here at my, at my home away from home congregation. All right. And we share a story. We're community. We have a story together that we share. We'll talk about what that story is exactly. So the shared story makes us community, retelling, reenacting the story gives us a future. The shared story makes us a community living out that story, reenacting, bearing fruit in that story, and into that story gives us a future. So this is a new, we're about to start a new day at Tikvot, and it's the shared story, and it's, it's reenacting, retelling, giving evidence of that story that gives us a future. As a uh, synagogue story, that, that's, that slide is, I'm not ready for that slide yet, so. We'll come back to that one. As a synagogue community, we share the same story with all Israel. Whether as members of Israel or lovers of Israel, but here as a synagogue community, we share the same story with all Israel. And uh, every year at Passover, we recite the wandering Aramean story. If it sounded familiar to you, it's because it's part, it's actually, kind of a, a key text for the entire Passover Haggadah. It's in the section of the uh, Haggadah called Magid, or, or the story, and we tell that story. Uh, my father was a wandering Aramean, but actually there's a different, a slightly different translation in most Haggadahs, which is uh, my father, or an Aramean sought to destroy my father or more literally, an Aramean, Arami Oved Avi, an Aramean destroyed my father. And it, it's uh, defining the Aramean as Laban, known in Texas as Laban, uh, and my father Jacob. And then we tell the whole story of, our, of going down to Egypt, being in bondage, and being delivered, and we share that story uh, with all of our people. And, and it's the the, the tone of the entire Haggadah. As a Messianic synagogue, we recognize that Yeshua of Nazareth entered that same story on Passover in Jerusalem in the heart of the Jewish year, in the heart of, of the Jewish people in Jerusalem, and he took upon himself the affliction, the toil, the oppression of bondage that that story recounts. And he led the way into deliverance 
through his resurrection. In his resurrection, he anticipated a new deliverance from Egypt to come. So we're a messianic community because we all tell and participate in the same story and share in one spirit in Messiah Yeshua. So as you're about to enter this new season as a community, uh, let's, let's look at these lessons in our uh, parashah that apply to this moment. Now I'm ready for that slide. We are united by a shared story. In our case, it's a twofold, interrelated story. The story of all Israel, the story of our deliverance from Egypt, interwoven with the story of the Messiah of Israel, who took on our bondage and exile unto himself, even to the ultimate expression of that, the death of crucifixion, and rose again to anticipate our deliverance, redemption to come. It's a story with evidence, with fruit. We're sharing in this story, just as our forefathers brought fruit uh, to accompany the story of the wandering Aramean, we bring the fruit of our lives, our service, the evidence of the reality of a profound change in us, we bring that into the story. So when we got here uh, at the, the synagogue an hour before the service began, uh, there were already people here serving. There was a man, a security man at the door. People setting things up, the musicians. That's, that's inherently part of the story. But it goes beyond getting ready for this one service, which is the high point of the week. It goes on throughout the week. We serve, we, we express the good news, the besorah, through our deeds, through our outreach, through our relationships with our neighbors. We have fruit. Retelling and reenacting the story gives us a future. Retelling and reenacting the story gives us a future. And, you know, I need to say this, in, in the past couple of years, there, there have been many competing stories. And I think we've allowed ourselves, as a Messianic community, to put a lot of time and energy into telling a lot of diverse stories that are often competing with each other. And we have downplayed, inadvertently, the defining story of the, the deliverance and redemption in and through Messiah Yeshua. So we need, it's retelling and reenacting the story that gives us a future that's gonna allow us to move into the new day that we'll be uh, especially marking tomorrow for this congregation. That allows us to move into the new day of, of renewal through the days of all that are just ahead of us. So be ready to bring your offering and evidence into the story. Just as the, the wandering Aramean story requires bringing the first fruits, so the story of redemption, both redemption from Egypt and redemption through Messiah Yeshua, requires us to bring the evidence in our lives and our actions and behaviors to, to really tell 
that story. So as you uh, recognize David in his new role, which is, you know, it's not totally new, right? He's been, he's been rabbying for a while. But the moment of recognition and ordination is, is profound and powerful. And as you recognize him, remember that his success depends as much upon you as it does upon him. His success as a rabbi and leader serving you depends as much upon you as it does upon him. As you bring forth the fruit, the, the offering uh, before the Lord, the evidence of, of his work in your lives, uh, that's going to support the whole ministry and dynamic of this community. So be ready to bring your offering and evidence uh, into the story. And finally, be ready to lay it all at the Lord's feet. So after the telling of the story, we present the basket to the priest. Let's look at the next slide. Moses says, you shall set that basket down before Hashem, your God, and worship before Hashem, your God. So this is the evidence. This, this is the icon. This is my gold medal, the basket of first fruits. This is the evidence of all that God has done in my life. And we could, you know, uh, David kindly read my, my bio and talked about all my, uh, what's the word, kudos, you know, my accomplishments. But the Lord says, bring that to me and lay it down at my feet. Bring your accomplishments, bring the evidence, bring the gold medal that you won at the Olympics and lay it down at my feet. Because this, the real point of the story is not about us, it's about him, it's about the one who delivered us with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. So you shall set it down before Hashem your God and worship before Hashem your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that Hashem your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. So one implication of the story of the wandering Aramean is that we as a people have received special favor from God. We as a people have received special favor from God. That is not a uh, popular and palatable notion in the 21st century. In the day of uh, equity and inclusion, which are good things, but that idea that there's a people who has been specially favored by God uh, is, a, is a rough idea for our neighbors to uh, embrace and to pick up. We're not the only people to have experienced bondage and captivity. And we should have special compassion and solidarity for all other groups who have experienced bondage and captivity. We should be especially sensitive because of our history. But early on, in Deuteronomy, Moses says, has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation? There have been many nations that have been oppressed, but has any other, any other God taken a nation from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, and by war? 
by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and by great deeds of terror, those, that phrase is exactly repeated in the story of the wandering Aramean, and we highlight that phrase in the Passover Haggadah. Has any other God done that? All of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Our story as a people is unique. We're not called to privilege. We're called to service. And just to make it really clear, when our Messiah came, he didn't come on, he didn't come taking on privilege, but he came to serve and to sacrifice. So Messiah comes and he takes us out of the midst of another nation, takes us out of the midst of the powers of this world by the mighty hand and outstretched arm of his resurrection. It's not a story about us, really. It's really a story about the goodness and mercy and power of God. That's the story that we are to tell and enact, excuse me, in our lives. Moses says, to you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God and there was no other besides him. So the ancient ceremony provides a lesson that's always important, uh, especially at this moment of renewal, ki tavo, when you enter. We're about to enter something new, and let's review that lesson because it's easy to uh, say, but it's hard to practice, and I want to close with a review of those five points which have miraculously appeared on the screen again. We are united by a shared, twofold, interrelated story. When Yeshua comes during Passover and uh, announces his work and, and performs his work of of suffering on behalf of Israel and promises, well, he actually is resurrected during Passover uh, as a foretaste, as a hint of the resurrection, redemption of Israel to come. Uh, he doesn't replace the Passover story. He doesn't set it aside. And he doesn't say what the whole Passover story was all about was this. He enters into it. He, he uh, empowers and completes and breathes even more life into the living story of our people. So we're united by that shared twofold interrelated story. It's a story with evidence, with fruit. If we don't have fruit in our lives, fruit to bring before the Lord, we, there's something amiss. And we need to work on that and, and uh, practice tshuva, repentance, and be fruit bearers. Retelling and reenacting the story gives us a future. Our future as a people is, is never disconnected from our past. If we lose contact with that living story, we lose the, the, our life as a people, as a Jewish people, a Messianic Jewish people. And that's true of your congregation as well. Your future as a congregation is, is rooted in the past and draws upon the, the power and the strength that is there. So be ready to bring your offering and evidence into the story. We, we, each one of us has a fruit basket to bring in. And finally, be ready to lay it all at the Lord's feet, following Messiah's example of doing it all for the glory of God.
Let me pray for you as we wrap up. Lord God, I pray your blessing on this congregation. We thank you for the story of redemption that we have uh, heard anew this, this morning in the Torah portion. We thank you for the story of redemption in Messiah Yeshua as we enter and approach the days of awe ahead of us. May our hearts be open and alert to you. May we be willing to bring our, our, the fruit of our lives and lay it down before you. I pray for the, this new uh, era in the life of this congregation as their leader is ordained and recognized as a rabbi. I pray that that would be a time of great fruit bearing, not just by him, not just by him and, uh, and Sonia together, but through the whole community. Pray for fruitfulness, prosperity, peace, well-being in and through the risen Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen.